morning. Hey, all right. Is this GSP over here? Did we, did someone welcome you guys already? Okay, I was going to say, if not, that would be a little sus. Am I right, gang? <laughs> anyway, I'm glad to have you here. No cap. Air fist bump. Put them up. Everyone, young lady. Gotcha. All right. All right. So glad GSP is here. As my wife mentioned on uh, the little intro there, I used to be a student pastor in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, it was an awesome church. It was called Compass Christian. Look it up. It's still growing. It's still amazing. Growing churches keep pastors very busy. This is a growing church that keeps pastors very, amen. Um, for that reason, I was missing a lot of my little girls at the time. I was missing a lot of their childhood. So it was time for a career change. So in 2019, I became a nurse, and now I work in the heart cath lab at St. Clair. Anybody interested in nursing? Pray about it. <laughs> Deep, intercessory, fast, pray about that, okay? Now, I work in a field that's mostly women, um, and I don't know if you know this, but when you work with a lot of women, you work with a lot of pregnant people. Um, so... When you work with a lot of pregnant people, you get to kind of experience not all but the bad stuff, but you get to go through the pregnancy journey uh, with, these, with these young ladies. And uh, there are three questions that come up when you're around pregnant people. What are they? I want to hear them. What are the questions you ask? Oh, my gosh, that was a mess. Give me, what's that? When do you do perfect? What are you having? Yes, a puppy. Oh, who said it? Good. What are you going to name it? Those are the th three things, you know? And that last question, what are you going to name your baby? That's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on names today, okay? Now, the most popular names for boys in 2022 were Liam, Noah, Oliver, and James. I think those are fantastic, strong names, all right? Now, for girls, it was Olivia, Emma, Charlotte and Amelia, there's some, like, I know ladies in here that have those names. So those are awesome. obviously, I'm not gonna say anything about those weird names. No, they're great names. Uh, strong names. My little brother and his wife just had their fourth child, a son named Hank Robert. It's a good, strong name. One of my nursing friends, uh, actually two of my nursing friends are having a baby and they're gonna name their son Lane Allen. Also a very strong name. See, names are important. Names are so Important. That's why there's a lot of a contention between mom and dad when it comes time to name baby, because that there's a lot riding on that name. That's you're going to hear your name more than any other name in the English language. You're going to hear that name. But see, when we were naming our kids, I was a student pastor at the time, and my wife Amanda, she's a school teacher. So guess what problem we ran into? We couldn't, Brandon was out of the question. I said, what about Brandon for a boy? She's like, no, 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 we know. No, that was the problem though, is you would run into situations where she would have a problem child in her class or I would have a problem child. We would veto that immediately. So our list of names became like minuscule because we've been doing what we were doing for so long. But see, names have meaning. My name is Richard. I'm named after my dad, who is here. Uh, Richard means powerful ruler. All right? <laughs> yes. I have a wife and two daughters. If my parents would have known, I think they would have come up with a name that meant either grumpy chauffeur or first one ready. 
I think that would have been the names that they would have picked out for me. Now, see, Addie, uh, we, we put a lot of thought into our, our daughter's names. Addie's middle name is Phoebe. Phoebe is Greek for bright or radiant. Lexi's given name is Alexa, which is the feminine form of Alexander. Also Greek, it means defender. Now, they both live up to these names. And this is what their mother and I wanted. We wanted their names to kind of prophesy and attest to the women that we wanted them to become. Now, when I was doing student ministry in Texas, the student asked the following question during one Sunday morning meeting. They said, when we go to heaven, are we still called by the name our parents gave us or does God call us by something different? Now, I remember all the students being very interested in this question because young people, all people, all right, we are very interested in finding out anything about who we really are. All of us, that applies to all of us. Now, we found the answer in Revelation chapter two where Jesus is addressing the church through the apostle John. He says, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven and I will give to each one a white stone and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. Okay, I don't, I don't understand the gravity of all that. I feel like that is something that is extremely weighty. Um, it's like, you'll get a name that no one understands except you and Jesus. It will be an inside thing between you and the almighty God of the universe. Like, to me, that is just huge. Have you ever taken one of those, uh, those quizzes on, on Facebook? Um, well, there's one like, what your favorite movies say about you. You ever taken a, a quiz like that? Uh, what about, uh, there'll be a mashup of animals and they'll be like, what animal do you see first? And then you'll answer, be like, you saw the whale. You are loving and caring. You had, you had, or it's difficult for you to make friends, but once you do, they laugh, last a lifetime. Who's taken one of those quizzes before? Where's Gen X? You guys are always posting this stuff. Boomers. Like you guys are always posting this stuff on your timeline. So everyone's like, oh, not me. I know exactly who I am. Uh, but we love that. We love the idea of someone defining us. You were the ones sharing this stuff on your time. It's Gen X and boomers. I don't, it's not the young people. Uh, but the truth is we all struggle with identity, all of us. We wanna know who we really are. So naturally the idea of God saying, your parents called you Diane, but the name that I have given you is blank because you are blank, blank, blank. That is very appealing. I wanna know, I wanna know that. I want that. I want that really bad. You see, there are many instances in the Bible where God changes the person's name, and there is always a reason. The reason is important, okay? Because that's where their identity or purpose comes into play. Identity and purpose are very closely related. In Genesis 17, we have Abram being changed to Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. Abraham means exalted father. Uh, Sarai, his wife, is changed to Sarah which means princess and actually two different, um, two different nationalities. Now, see, God uh, sometimes will change a name to imply ownership. If you name it, you own it. Um, so sometimes he'll change a name just for that reason. We've got Jacob being changed to Israel. In Hebrew, Jacob uh, sounds like heel or disease. And if you know the story of Jacob and Esau, you know kind of the background of all that. But Israel means God fights. I love that Israel means God fights. 
You got Saul being changed to Paul in the book of Acts. And I think my favorite is when uh, Simon is changed to Peter. And we're going to read through that, right? We're going to do, listen, we're going to read through a lot of scripture this morning. And the reason we're going to do that is because uh, the word of God can preach to you better than I ever could. Okay, so we're gonna be going through the word a whole lot. So just be ready, it's gonna be on the screen. If you are one of those that are flipping pages or flipping through apps, respect, carry on. So uh, we got John 1, 41 through 42. It says, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is when translated as Peter. Now, later on, we have Matthew 16, 15 through 19. This is where Jesus is saying, um, he's asking his disciples, who do people say I am? But then he says, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I love this so much. This is who you are, Peter. This is who you are. This is what you're gonna do. Identity and purpose. Being resolute, certain. Being certain and who you are in Christ and being certain of his purpose for your life should be the greatest desire for all those who are members of his body. It moves us from a prayer life that is like, God, help me with this situation, to a prayer life that is like, God, you are my situation. Being certain of who you are in Jesus moves you from all I can eat is milk, I'm a spiritual baby, to give me that meat, give me the steak. All right? Finding our identity in God uh, is vital. It's vital to our spiritual survival. No one understood this better than King David. Uh, we're gonna read just a little bit of Psalm 91 here. I, what I want you to do is I want you to remember this Psalm. Uh, young people, I want you, if you can, you're, you're busy. You're the cream of the crop. You're GSP elite, okay? I get it. But I want you to do is, is uh, remember Psalm 91. I want you to commit it to your memory. Will you do that for me? Okay, fist, air fist pump. Okay, good, thank you. All right, so I'm gonna read portions of that. Just follow along on the screen. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Those who find their identity and purpose in God will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That's what David's saying, okay? This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. He alone is my identity and my purpose, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Nine, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Lord your identity, being about him and his kingdom, if you make the most high your shelter, if you make his will your purpose, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near you, your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. I want you to read this like this. He will reveal to me what is truth and what is lie. Okay? That's vital. All right? 
In 14, it says, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. If you find your identity and purpose in God, if you are afraid, knowing and trusting the Lord and knowing who you are in Christ Jesus will give you courage. If you feel hopeless, we do. Realizing that God has redeemed you, not only to save your soul, but to reveal his perfect purpose for your life will give you hope. If Jesus is the solid rock foundation that you build your life upon, you are unmovable. Unmovable, unshakable. If your identity and purpose is given to you by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I don't care what the world throws at you, you are impervious and invincible. Now what I'm, pleading with you all to understand today is that that having peace in here is possible. Not being full of anxiety and fear is possible. Change, change is possible. But I don't want it to end there. I'm not about that, okay? I get really tired of the gospel of Jesus Christ being more about self-improvement than it is about worldwide spiritual revolution. Okay, so you change with a purpose. You're not changing so you can feel better about yourself. You're changing so you can revolutionize the world, okay, for Jesus and his kingdom. We get so caught up in trying to get God to fix us that we forget that there is a spiritual battle raging. We're, we're in it right now. We're in this spiritual battle. It's fantastic to be positive and encouraging, but those are not the attributes that the powers of hell cannot conquer, Okay. What hell cannot conquer is a Christian knowing that Jesus is the Son of God and like Peter, finding our identity and purpose in that proclamation. That is what it's all about. Now, on the other hand, to find your identity and purpose apart from Jesus, if you find your identity and purpose in anything else but the kingdom of God, that's the worst thing that can happen to you because it will lead to an eternity without him, okay? An eternity separated from him. You don't remain a blank slate. If you don't define yourself by the kingdom of God, God doesn't name you, Satan gets to. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna spend the rest of our time in Mark chapter five, all right? And we're gonna read through uh, the story of Legion. Who knows this story? Just you. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of a boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tubes to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, 
you evil spirit. I want to stop right there for just a second. Um, and the reason I want to stop is because the Bible makes it very clear that demons and angels are real, all right? Now, there are, there's very little reason for demons to act like this nowadays, okay? They don't need to, all right? Sin has been so greatly diminished, all right, that when, when Satan comes into a person, we call them normal. We call them liberated, all right? We celebrate them. We have parades, okay? Now, this is, is, is what I'm talking about. Demons act very differently nowadays, but they still exist. Now, these demons knew exactly who Jesus was. Now, if Jesus lives inside of you, the spirit world knows about it. I want you to keep that in mind whenever you face resistance without an explanation. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you face resistance without an explanation, as in you didn't provoke it, all right, but you're facing resistance, remember that the spirit world knows that Jesus lives inside of you. Let's read on. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. The ESV says we are, we are Legion because we are many. And the demons introduce themselves and makes their pronouns known. Now, this is a hijacked identity to the extreme. The people around tried everything. They ignored him. They isolated him. They chained him to tombs in a graveyard, but he constantly broke free from the chains, and the people nearby could still hear him howling. This man's real identity was completely gone. His actual name isn't even mentioned in the Bible, y'all. We just know him by the name that his demons gave him. We are legion. We are many. Only a confrontation with Jesus could deliver this man. Now, this is, this is just as true for us today. This is still happening. Gender is not a spectrum, but sin is. James 1, 14 through 15 says this, temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. They these desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. It begins with deception and that deception is usually tailored to our own insecurities by demonic forces that we cannot see. This man called Legion did not wake up one morning, uh-oh, I'm full of demons, all right? They probably latched on one or two at a time as the man opened doors within himself through his sin. It probably started small. He said, he said yes to something small, some tiny, seemingly insignificant deception. For us, it may be something like this. And young people, listen close, all right? For us, it could be something as, as tiny as this. Maybe I'm ugly. Maybe there's something wrong with me. So insignificant, so minor, but feed that. Feed that thought, and bad things happen. By the way, I've never seen an ugly person in this church. You're all beautiful. Now, the thing is, all right, after deception comes perversion. Now, perversion has a couple different meanings. One meaning is this, the alteration of something from its original course or a state to a distortion or corruption to what was originally intended. Now, next on the sin spectrum comes delusion. 
Delusion is a false belief or judgment about external reality held despite incontrovertible evidence to the contrary, occurring especially in mental disorders. Now, there are, uh, there are things that we experience that need medication. And I'm not knocking that, all right? But there are a lot of middle, middle disorders that we have nowadays that the early Christians would cast out in the name of Jesus. That's tough. I'm, that's a tough truth, all right? Last on the sin spectrum is death, spiritual death. Uh, Roman calls this a person with a reprobate mind, unable to comprehend God, offended by light at home and darkness, demonically oppressed. It's at this point that Satan gets to name you. People that are struggling with a hijacked identity don't need to be ignored or isolated. They need a confrontation with Jesus. And that confrontation with Jesus is gonna come through us. So be ready, be prayed up. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. Uh, there happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter to them. Why pigs? I don't know. I don't know. There's uh, all these uh, pastors are like, well, to Hebrews, pigs were unclean, and that's why they wanted to go. I, I just think that they were in Samaria. They were in the land of the Gentiles, and that's what was available. If it had been sheep, they would have wanted to go to sheep. So, like, don't read too far into that. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. The entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down a steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. I'm gonna uh, move ahead here to 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go. He was completely in his right mind. He had clothes on, and all the villagers came and noticed. They wanted Jesus to leave because it scared them. The man said, uh, the Lord has done for you. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he had told them. <laughs> so Satan doesn't have unlimited resources. I don't know if you guys know that. He has a fixed number of demons. So why would all these demons be attached to one man? Why? Because of verse 20. This guy went and preached Jesus to 10 towns. When you are under heavy attack, when you are under great attack, you remember that's because your purpose is great. You have a massive purpose. Those of you who are living a hard life right now, if you're under addiction, if you're oppressed, your purpose is great. Seek Jesus. So we come to it now, all right? How do we find our identity and purpose in Jesus? Is there anything we can do to have Jesus tell us what he calls us and give us our purpose? I'm really glad you asked, GSP. The first thing you can do is run to Jesus. Today, today, run to Jesus. This whole thing is winding down. I don't know if you feel it. This whole thing is coming to an end. It is coming to a head. It wouldn't surprise me if Jesus gathered his church in the clouds before I finished my next sentence. It would not surprise me. We're still here. It would not surprise me. I think we are at an urgent crossroads for believers, okay? Where it's time for us to get to work and if you do not believe, come to Jesus. I'll tell you why I believe. Come find me after the service. I'll tell you why I believe it's not built on an emotion, okay? Come find me. 
Two, this is gonna be tough. Lord, Lord, give me strength. Two, step away from the tombs. What if Legion, or whatever his name was, I'm thinking it was Daryl, all right? What if Daryl would have been delivered from all these demons and he would have said, thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna go back to the graveyard now. That's what we do. We do that. Thank you for the salvation, Jesus. I'm gonna go hang out by the tombs. That is what we do. During my years in student ministry, do you know what I discovered about why people, especially young people, fall away from Jesus? People turn away from Jesus because their lives aren't changing. Number one, why do I need to do something when there's no changes happening inside of me? That's a great question. They would tell me, they would tell me that they were doing all the things they were supposed to do. I'm praying, I'm reading the word. I would say, what's your favorite TV show? Game of Thrones. This was a few years ago. I know it wouldn't be that now, but this was a real instance. Game of Thrones. And there it is. There it is. Well, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. That kind of stuff doesn't bother you because you're watching worse stuff than that. You're already past that. You're desensitized. You're overexposed to evil, so it doesn't bother you anymore. Give Jesus your heart and soul. Make him your identity and let him clean that out. He can. He can. He can resensitize you. If I want to feel like I'm living, I need to stop doing the things that dead people do. I cannot listen to all the music I used to listen to. I cannot watch all the movies and TV shows. You know what? The closer to himself that God has drawn me, the more I understand how things that do not glorify his son hinder the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. Do you want to change? Reconsider the things you allow to enter your heart through your eyes and ears. Rethink those Matt Rife tickets. You need to see him? Is that going to glorify God? Does that movie with all the nudity, does that glorify God? Next is this. And this, this may be the most important thing. Praise, praise, praise. James 4, 7 through 8 says this. It says, so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Now, some of you are thinking, Rich, what does that verse have to do with praise? Do you know how you humble yourself before God? Praise. Your pride must go before you will overcome your addictions. Your pride must go before you will overcome your addictions. Do you know why? Because if you beat your addictions before your pride is gone, guess what you'll do? I did it. I did it. Self-esteem is a sandcastle, y'all. As soon as the tide comes in, it's wrecked, all right? I did it. I did that. And then you fail again. We forget our pride and we say, God, why didn't you deliver me? And it's this never-ending cycle. You know how to resist the devil? Praise. There's a whole book of the Bible, the book of the Job, dedicated to Satan trying to win by getting a man to deny God praise. That's how Satan wins, by getting you to deny God praise. He tempts you to sin because when we sin, we feel shame and hide from God. When we hide from God, we deny him praise. We want to destroy strongholds in your life. 
Praise the Lord. You want to come close to God? Praise God. Do you want him to come near you? Praise all the time. Make your life about bringing God praise. Read the word. Consume it. Eat it. Digest it. Put it into your heart. Like when I said memorize Psalm 91, do it. Put it in your heart. The book is alive. See, the thing about God is he's, he's timeless. So back when he was inspiring the writers of this most holy book, all right, about these words, he already knew how corrupt things would be in 2023. You understand that? He was already here when he was writing this. It's just as much for us as it is for them. And this is the playbook. This is where his will is found first. Find your family, your brothers and sisters. Did you guys know that the, the giant redwood sequoia trees, they grow to be 300 feet tall. That's as tall as the Statue of Liberty, all right? They're thousands of years old. It's the one where you see the pictures and there's like a tunnel they drive through, they can drive their car through it, 300 feet tall. You know how deep their roots go? A little more than 10 feet. A little more than a basketball, like that high. You know how they stay up? they latch on to the root systems of their neighboring trees. That's how they stay up. That's how they've stood up for thousands of years. It's the same for us. Brothers, find men like-minded that wanna love Jesus like you love Jesus, all right? That wanna seek God like you wanna seek God, that wanna pray for the lost, that wanna confess your sins. That's important. We've heard PD say that, Pastor Daniel say that quite a bit. All right, confess your sins and get with them. All right, meet with them every week. Ladies do the exact same thing. It's so, so important. Lastly, get on mission. Look at what the man called Legion did after Jesus changed him. He went out and he told the world. Jesus has made it so clear that this is what he wants all of us to do. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this. Then Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Now see, this is the thing, okay? The largest congregation of believers that will meet in this county this morning is right here in this room. This is the largest church in our county. I gotta tell you, if we were all on mission, I think our county and this region would look very different. This, brothers and sisters, this, this, is, this is the better life that I'm telling you about. This is what it's all about is knowing who you are, knowing where you're going, and desperately reaching out to the people around you to understand the same thing. That's the better life. I'm gonna leave you with one more verse, all right? This is uh, in Ephesians chapter one. It says this, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. 
this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. If you have accepted Jesus as Lord, if you repented of the life you lived and believed that Jesus is the son of God, you belong to God. He calls you his family, his heirs, his kids. There is no better identity than the one already given to us by the grace of God and the sacrifice of Jesus. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, all powerful God of the universe, mighty one, maker of heaven and earth, we magnify your name this morning. We give you the praise that you deserve. And Lord, we repent for the times that we have withheld it. We lift up your name for it is great. You are good. You gave us Jesus, Yeshua, your holy son, Lord, the sacrificial lamb. He came to this earth and he died for our sins. He's the only one that could take it because he was perfect. In three days, he rose again. And as fantastic and phenomenal as that sounds, we believe it. We are yours. And Lord, I pray for the, those, those in this room who are not. I pray that today they would come into this family. We don't care what they've done. We just want them here in this family with us. We love you so very much. It's in Jesus' name we pray.